So we've been practicing together now for a couple of days, I'd say, perhaps slightly longer, two and a half days. And this is our last day of the retreat. And it's just good to, I think, acknowledge the, the precious opportunity that we have here, that this time of being together in this way and the support we offer and receive from each other and offer to each other. This will not be here forever. And so really an encouragement to, to use this time well, to practice as wholeheartedly as you are able within the framework that is offered here. In the context of a retreat such as this, there's always a lot more that could be said than will be said. Because if we were to say everything we could say, Helen and I in teaching, we would be talking all the time and there would be no time for you to practice or to explore and develop your own understanding of the experience that arises for you in your practice. And so it's okay to be aware if there are things that haven't been touched on and if there are elements you need to include in your own process, in your own practice that haven't been spoken about, please feel very free to do so in such way as seems to serve your practice, your well-being and the journey you're engaged in. In this vein, there's a, a lot that can be said about meditative techniques. There are so many different approaches and in some ways meditation as a word is very similar to the word exercise. It refers to a broad realm of ways of engaging with a whole range of potential outcomes or motivations involved. And in the context of Insight meditation, within that larger concept of meditation, there are also many different approaches to practice, many different ways we can engage in it, some of which emphasize particular forms or techniques as primary, others of which much more emphasize attitude and orientation and the way of engaging as being primary. And of course, in the end, we need to find what works for ourselves. And for most of us, we need some element of technique and of form, but we equally also need some attention to the way we orient ourselves and what it is also that we are called towards. What is it that moves us in our practice? And so we can just acknowledge here then in the, in the framing of the meditation that's been offered here in these morning sessions by myself. It's been, it's relatively simple in the sense of not a lot of complicated or detailed technical suggestions. And not because they aren't without their value, but from my perspective in a situation such as this, it's more important that we find our appropriate orientation, that we understand why we're engaging here. And then that will inform the what, the particular shape of technique or form or process that we apply. And the, the primary orientations that we have in this practice are <clears throat> towards a settling and a steadying, a landing and a grounding, a gathering, a collecting and a unifying of the capacity of heart and mind to be touched by and to touch experience, to feel and to respond, to recognize what is actually happening and to see as clearly as we can what is here. That, that gathering, collecting, steadying is something we simply practice. We come back again and again. We learn over time what allows us to settle more fully, more deeply. We can see the ways of attending in the body, perhaps using the posture of the body or using the breath, support this, contribute to this. 
and for some a more precise and particular focusing of attention on the specifics of the breathing experience will be fruitful and will be useful if this can be done without a tightening or an attempt to harden or hold on to the experience of the breathing. For others, something more open, more soft, or less specific by way of attending to the body, the whole sense of one's body, the whole sense of the posture, or the particulars within the posture, maybe what serves more in allowing and supporting our mind and heart to settle, to connect, and to sustain that connection more and more over time. And we'll see, even in the course of a few days, that that capacity starts to grow, not in a consistent or linear way, not that we can see it every day, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more, but in a, in a larger sense, in the larger sweep of the process, we can recognize, I think most of us, that engaging in this way, something develops. It's not always apparent, but nonetheless, this is what happens. If we practice something, it develops. If we nourish, cultivate, and nurture something, it develops. That's the nature of what it is to be what we are as human beings, which is malleable, influenceable, affectable. For better and for worse, this is the nature of what our experience shows us. And so we continue in this way, cultivating and developing this capacity because it is really the foundation for everything that is possible, this capacity for being present and awake, for being conscious in a direct, immediate, and a non-judgmental, non-evaluative way, in which we're not seeking to perform or succeed at some kind of meditative task or exercise, but we're interested to see what happens if I give myself to this wholeheartedly. And as we do so, we see also the importance and the need for kindness, for care, for a welcoming attitude, an allowing attitude, a patient attitude that includes and incorporates the full range of our human experience as it arises. And what we'll find is that when there's not so much going on or what's arising is not particularly tricky or sticky or difficult for us, we're much more able to settle and sustain the attention in the body with the breathing and a, a deepening in this quality of calm and unification becomes evident. And at other times, the experience presents more challenges, physical discomfort, emotional distress, areas of pressure or confusion may arise in our hearts, our minds, our bodies. And with these territories that may be to do with historical circumstances, future situations, or our present condition, or a mixture of all of these, as is often the case, with these, when, when this is what's going on, it's this capacity of heart to open to, to accept, to receive, and allow the experience that is being most obviously and overtly developed by our willingness to turn towards what is here again and again, to give it space if needed, but at the same time to honour and respect what is here, to not seek to be getting rid of, controlling or fixing what we find uncomfortable, but allowing ourselves to expand and open, noting and recognising the habitual unconscious tendency to contract. The Buddha once suggested that we could reflect on a spoonful of salt. When placed into a glass of water, the water becomes undrinkable. When a spoonful of salt is placed into a large body of fresh water, such as a lake or even a pond, it has little effect. And so too, we can see in ourselves that when we contract, when we occupy just a small part of our experience, if that is a difficult experience, it becomes very hard to handle, perhaps even overwhelming. If we can soften, widen, open, bring a sense of allowing to it, effectively we become more like the pond 
or the lake. And whatever is there that is not easy for us doesn't have such a strong impact, no longer makes it impossible for us to stay present with this experience. And so we start to learn, we start to understand that what is possible for us to meet and to include is perhaps more than we have imagined, is greater than perhaps we have understood before. And that our capacity for this, just as our capacity for steadiness, quieting and calm, of, of focus and stillness and unification, this can deepen and deepen. There is no end to how deep this can become. So too our capacity for widening, for opening, for extending can always grow. There is always more possibility here. And as we become more open in this way, which doesn't mean that we cannot choose to turn our attention away from things which seem unskillful at times or unhelpful, but that we do so by stepping backwards, not by running away. So we include them in our gaze, even as we make some distance or space from them. If you have a sense of what that might be, like including and acknowledging what is here, maybe some pattern of reactivity that you don't want to give energy to, but acknowledging it while moving the attention away into some other part of your body, rather than somehow rejecting or denying the experience while seeking to escape to some other area or realm of what is happening. So there can be a skillful distancing or separating or putting down of experience at times, equally as there can be a skillful picking up, a turning towards, a becoming interested, oh, what's happening here in this realm of suffering? Not trying to figure it out or analyze it, but to inhabit it fully, wholeheartedly, to see what we might discover and understand, to explore what might be possible for us. And as we develop in these capacities in our own way, in our own time, through our own learning journey, this is something no one else can do for us. Our friends and companions in the journey can share their experience, can point the way. And the Buddha himself spoke of himself as a teacher being someone who points the way. But his followers were called upon to walk that path, to make that journey themselves. And this is what we are engaged in here. And as we, as we see this, as we enter this territory more deeply, we also become more and more aware of a sense of possibility. Just as the mind and heart can settle steady, calm and focus and unify to deeper and greater depths of calm and stillness. Just as the heart and mind can open, extend, become warm and resonant with tenderness and welcoming in a way that expands and opens without limit, ultimately. So too, we start to sense the possibility that even within a world of limitations, we can start to sense and recognize the possibility of a releasing of this human heart and mind from being bound by those conditions or bound to them. Not that we can become apart from them, because we are embodied beings. We live lives limited by the effects of having a, a human form, a worldly form, an environment around us that has constraints built into it. But by understanding that we are not ultimately bound to these conditions, there is a freedom, a liberation, a release that the Buddha spoke of, and that the wise teachers, men and women and human beings of all genders throughout the ages have pointed to this, the sages and the saints, the wise masters of old and of present have pointed us to this possibility, which is not somehow something that comes at the end when we've necessarily fixed and sorted out and developed all the things that we think we need to fix or sort out or develop. It's not something that arises as the culmination 
of a process of self-perfection. Of course, there's room for our personal development, and it's so helpful, so important that we engage in this. But the dimension of discovery and awakening that is equally a part of this path is, is the process and dimension of development and training. This is something that rests upon our willingness to trust in that quiet voice within us that speaks to us that more is possible than we have known before, that speaks to us of a sense of possible of possibility where what has limited us and bound us no longer does so. But not in the habitual way where we think of the limitations somehow being removed or the conditions that we feel bound by coming to an end. If this was the resolution, we would still be bound by the conditions. Even if they were favorable, they could always be subject to change. And so we are asked to, to practice, as we do, while also contemplating this possibility to not consider ourselves as ultimately defined by our experience or bound to the experience that unfolds, while at the same time not imagining that we can somehow separate ourselves from this, or remove this from our experience. And it may be that sometimes in our minds we don't quite get what that might mean, or how that might look. And that's really okay. This isn't for our mind to figure out. But again, listen, if there's a quieter voice that maybe doesn't even speak in words, but just evokes a sense of maybe, of possibility that we can recognize and resonate with within our own being. Or that we just have a sense of being called towards something that's more than, greater than, or beyond what it is that we already know. The Buddha spoke of this path as a path of awakening, a path of release, from bondage. And this is the invitation of all authentic spiritual teachings and practices. I really enjoyed the reflections last night in Helen's beautiful talk. And the 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 concept of restraint is something loving. Very beautiful. We often think of restraint as something imposed and we don't like it, but in the Buddha's teaching, we understand that freedom comes through restraint. Restraining the habitual and the unconscious and the reactive. To allow that which is spontaneous, unconditioned, and non-reactive to be revealed in the very midst of our life. So I invite you again to consciously take a moment or two to care for your body in what way, if you need to make a little adjustment or just see if there's any softening or movement as we shift into the more formal meditation. Although for some of you, I know you will already have been practicing while listening. But just taking a moment to, to care for your body in any way you need to. Bringing your attention into your physical felt experience. Getting to know just now what it's like. Not assuming that we know already because we felt what it was like a moment ago. But let it be that immediate. That in this fresh moment we again come curious and interested to see what is here that tells me I am in a body, not by looking at it, but by feeling, by sensing directly. What is it that tells me this body is breathing? 
what is it that tells me this body is sitting or standing or kneeling on the earth or lying if that's what your body needs to be doing what is it that lets me know my body is upright extended into the sky so it's not a concept or an idea but a felt experience known directly through our capacity for sensitive attentiveness. And as you settle into your practice of gathering and collecting your attention, continuing to use your body and breathing as a ground for this, As you practice releasing the mind's tendency to take hold of, become entangled with, or react to, reject, or become lost in experiences, by beginning again and again. As we work with a sense of opening to what we find uneasy, uncomfortable, or scary, or painful, including as fully and as much as we are able within our own, of course, natural limitations, including what we can in this field of wakefulness and presence, so that we do not make obstacles out of experience, not imagining that there is something which may be in the way, but perhaps at times experiences which we need still to learn how to meet and include. And so we understand that as our journey and our process. And we cultivate bringing a sense of kindliness towards ourselves and our own limitation and struggles at times, towards our experience that may be as we wish it to be or otherwise. And inevitably at some time will be one and the other times will be the other. And together with this gathering, unifying and collecting this softening, opening and welcoming of our lives, receiving without taking hold of, letting go without pushing away. We also invite this quality of curiosity, of not assuming we already know all there is to know about what it is to be a human being, to be here right now just as we are. T.S. Eliot writes in the Four Quartets, he says, We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of our exploring will be to arrive where we started and to know that place for the first time. A condition of complete simplicity, costing not less than everything. And all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well.
Continuing to practice. Being right here, just where you are, right now, just as you are. Rio Khan says, Do you want to know what has been in my heart since before the beginning of time? Just this. Just this. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.